Alright, happy quarantine, guys. Uh, I'm coming to you again from Toronto, where I, I live, and we are in, I think, day eight, seven, of an official state of uh, both provincial and federal emergency, so in Ontario and in Canada as a whole. Our premier, who I used to not like very much, but throughout this crisis, I've he's earned my respect, and so I'm a bit of a an advocate right now. He's extended the state of emergency by another two weeks, which I don't really think of anybody's main source of information here, but um, it's it's a little bleak in Toronto. I, I think obviously not as bad as. And we hope it stays that way as places like China and Italy where there's like a substantial death toll and where the virus is rampant and that's tragic um, but we still have deaths here and we have a, a very high count that's continuously climbing um, despite measures being taken people are advised just like as with everywhere else to stay at home unless you're going out for essentials and when you're out social distance yourself, right? So stay two meters away from people. Um, it's a couple, um, you know, in stores, yeah, a couple, two meters I think is the standard. They put up signs. Um, but there's just still so many dickheads who are treating this like some kind of, like, full-blown March break for adults. And they're just out and about, like, doing, the, you know, their exercises, socializing with the neighbors. Um... It was a church that I was just sitting on a bench in front of just to listen to some music, and this well-dressed guy, and this happened to be on a Sunday, I didn't even realize he comes by, and he's like, if you're looking for the meeting, like, we're meeting in the back, and, and there's a sign blatantly on the front door of the church that they're not allowing gatherings, because as with everywhere else, and like mosques and shuls and everything, um, unnecessary gatherings, and, and not to say religion is unnecessary, but, you know, pray at home right now, like, gatherings in, invite the very real possibility of transmission of the, the virus, so, um, I'm, I'm taken aback a bit, and I'm like, oh, the sign, I thought you guys weren't meeting, he's like, oh no, not officially, but a bunch of us got together, we're having our own meeting, and it's like, thanks guy, and he walked away, and I'm like, well that was nice of him, but also fuck people, man, that the, defeats the entire purpose of, like, we can only do so many things, there's so many, there's so many, so many institutionalized things that can be done, you can only lead the horse to water. Like, people have to actively avoid social contact and stay home. I went out for groceries today, and I'm making this this jaunt part of my, my recording, and I'm in a very secluded area, and that's intentional. And I, I, when I walk by someone on the sidewalk, I give them a berth of a couple meters, and, like, I sort of orbit them and take an angle, and then nice people do it to me the same, and we kind of circle each other for half a circle, like, you know, like a... Anyway, I'm using hand gestures to describe it, which is not apt for a podcast. So that being said, I mean, uh, apologies for the uh, occasional wind rustling and, and stuff. <coughs> so this has definitely gripped the world. Uh, we're in full COVID-19 pandemic mode. Um, depending on when you place this starting, this has been going on for a couple weeks now, but... Uh, it's at the point where I live in a kind of nicer end suburb of, of Toronto, and our small local 
Loblaws, which is sort of the, you know, your Kroger's in the States or something. Um, it, our mainstay grocery store is struggling to keep things on the shelves. Most, so most of the time they don't have the things that you would expect, obviously. So the toilet paper and the paper towel and the Kleenex, gone. Um, all the eggs are gone. A lot of the, most of the meat is gone. Produce is... Thankfully, we we're blessed with a large enough country with enough farmland to we seem to have enough of that rolling in all the time to keep it on the shelves. But just things that you wouldn't expect. So we started thinking because we have bread in the freezer and everything, we're we're fairly prepared. We were thinking like, oh, we may as well get the ingredients, make some bread as we go. Of course, we should have thought of that earlier because everything is gone in that section. So we're talking like from breads and sugar so, from breads, no from flour to sugar to yeast nothing cleaned out um, the bakery section as it were, where you would find breads uh, not bad actually pretty well stocked but I think they had just stocked it recently and I think they get so much in but they've made like fire sale prices on bread 50 cents which could you know thanks guys um, it's weird to see that the system has we all experienced that that shock that initial whiplash of this pandemic and the fear and the virus and the panic buying and we're kind of past that but we're in an even murkier and more kind of purgatory like state where we're living with the very real like fear of the virus and half of our society is kind of shut down so in in where I live right now the only things that are open are essentials so the government offices hospitals um, then it gets a little more broad, like places that serve and sell food, like takeout restaurants. And my favorite, God bless this country, is the weed and alcohol stores, which are deemed essential because the government actually runs them. So um, you can still get your weed and your booze and your food, which, you know, power to them. That's a way to keep people complicit. That works for me. But most industries, most private sector have closed, laid off employees, everyone's sort of on a temporary, I'm on a temporary state of layoff, and when this blows over, you can come back. I have my own company where I do consulting, so I've been able to do a little bit of that, and some, some writing for people, and some writing for myself, which has been nice, but this has been, you know, it, it's been very interesting and unprecedented to watch this all unfold, and I think that I complain sometimes that I haven't been able to witness some in global events, the scope of, you know, what happened in the 1800s and the 1940s and 80s and, you know, when, when substantial things had happened, and I wasn't quite old enough in the fall of the Soviet Union, but, you know, I wanted to have been part of and been witness to something, and you can definitely feel that sort of, like, very tangible sense that this is going to be something that our history books are going to talk about because you've got the global markets at a low and most countries have been almost fully or partially shut down I mean Italy is under an entire quarantine India you know backed up by a lot of YouTube videos of guys beating people with wooden sticks India is offering uh, punishment to those who leave their homes and they're I think locked in for 12 days the Prime Minister said or something I don't know yeah, this has got another week or two of all the quarantine business, at least, from anyone's estimate, but we still have the initial problem, and who knows if we're getting good information from China, if this is even stemmed on their end, the source. Um, anyway, I imagine this is bullshit for everybody, but 
you know, I'm a bit of an introvert, I think, you know, after learning about myself more during this quarantine, and I was kind of happy being at home. I work from home on a good day. All my video games and comics are at home, and most of the time, I'm going to digress here, people suck, and people are unpleasant to be around. So, you know, even I used to like to go to the second cup, coffee shop adjacent to my house, do some writing, do some reading. And that's obviously forbidden now because um, it's illegal to sit in a restaurant under $25,000 penalty under the new disease laws. <laughs> I, I will enjoy one day discussing this with people who maybe didn't experience it, and, and namely you, Arthur, and uh, making it sound as dystopian as it really is. <laughs> like... My mom had her birthday during this at the peak of the, like, everyone is ordered to shut down your business, and she was, like, so upset. She had been, she's one of those people who takes her birthday really seriously, and God bless her for it, but she had, like, restaurants and, and dessert menus picked out, and all these places closed, and she was, like, she was going to be that Karen to call in and be, like, um, excuse me, but I talked her down. She got delivery. It was good. Um, I have another friend who had a birthday around the same time. My wife has a friend who same birthday as my mother, actually. Um, people who have birthdays during this, yeah, that sucks, man. Shit, I can't even... I don't. I'm, I'm in October, so I can't even fathom it. But yeah, you can't fucking leave your house. There's nothing to do. Nobody can come over to you. Chances are cakes are sold out. They are near my house. It's bleak times. Um, I don't have to tell anyone that. I think you all, you guys know that. And there's just two things really I wanted to shed a light on. Um, I hate when people try to tell you to be positive out of a negative situation. I think that's just terrible advice and it's annoying. And I'm going to have to echo it a little bit here. So don't get, don't get annoyed. But take this as a chance to really enjoy and appreciate the things that you never have time to do. I see a lot of these memes about, like, oh, you know, the face of my dad when he now has to tackle the to-do list around that. Like, get that shit done. It's a great feeling. It's satisfying as fuck. And, and you just, what else are you doing right now? You're at home, right? Like, I've read old comics that have been on my to-read list, fixed up a bunch of shit near the house, in the house, in the house. There's no going out of the house. There's no house. Uh, just, you know, like, the, this was really the highlight of my probably my whole year, maybe a couple years now, <laughs> but I defeated the uh, Valkyrie Queen, what's her name, uh, fuck, Sigrun, I want to say Sigrun, I defeated the Valkyrie Queen, on my god of war, and uh, that was just a very triumphant moment, it was one of those bosses where there's no, there's no shortcut or, you know, like you can learn their attack patterns and stuff, but you just have to come in there to the nines equipped with the best possible gear. And so, like, God of War makes it, you know, there's, like, ten different kinds of fucking currencies you need, and half of them are only available in certain realms by killing certain fucking things in those realms. It's really hard. So to track down, I think it's, like, the cursed mists of Niflheim, and, and to fight through what's called Ivaldi's Workshop, which is essentially an endless labyrinth of both treasure and monsters, and you only get the gold if you make it out alive. Just doing repeat runs of that to get the coin, to get the frozen flame you need to upgrade your axe to the max level is step one of a very long quest that I undertook. Um, 
Yeah, I love that game. I beat it a while ago. Did everything in it, save for, I think, freeing one dragon and Sigrund. And then, yeah, so now I'm pretty sure I'm going to start it again because they have New Game Plus because this is a pandemic. Um, yeah. I have not been jumping into as many apocalyptic zombie pandemic movies, um, mostly because I, I'm an escapist person with movies. I enjoy the departure from my own reality, and I don't need to watch, like, Netflix's new horror piece designed exactly to exacerbate the fears and anxieties you have right now. And it's like, well, that's great. That's not for me right now. I'd rather watch... Um, I think technically the last thing I watched was... X-Men, the Dark Phoenix? Phoenix? The one that... It was terrible. I mean, it, it goes without saying. And I love those movies. I'm a staunch X-Men apologist and defender because back when we didn't have the Marvel Universe and, like, when you were a nerd back then and you enjoyed superhero movies, that was a large percentage, the trilogy, of what you got. Plus the show was the animated. It was great. So, you know, all the characters are great. Some of the fight scenes are great. <sighs> But fuck, it's terrible. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. It was such a slog. That's really when you know a movie is bad. You don't have to be a movie snob or an expert. Just when you feel like, you're like, oh my god, is this fucking movie still on? You know, you're not having a good time. Um, I will go into more details soon about everything. Expect another episode within the week. I'm sorry it's been so long, guys. I mean, obviously you know what's going on. I just wanted to say as well, um, I listened to podcasts a little bit more now is there's not really a lot else to do and I've been catching up on the sin cast and behind the sins and I talk about this a lot and I, I don't know how many people even listen to this or, or venture this far but it's a big recommendation it started with me watching their YouTube channel like a decade ago or something and now, you know um, those guys are fantastic voices on movies and it's good critics and critiques and uh Behind the Sins is a little bit more off the topic and a little bit zanier, but I think that makes it almost as enjoyable, and it's great. The, they have some really great voices, and they have uh, Danae Hughes, who's, who's really interesting. She always sort of brings like um, completely unrelated things to it, but it's all from that same geek genre grab bag of like, oh, we're talking about custom dice today, we're talking about this D&D, like, fucking love it, man, I play D&D, it's great, I'm playing it for years. And I love that uh, I think all three of them have kids, and this one with a kid. Really appreciate that that comes up. I like the sort of parenting stories, too. So I think I'm, you know, I don't want to be negative. I'm a staunch believer that society puts a little bit too much importance and, and value on people like the Kardashians and on people like the, you know, the YouTube you know, self-made celebrities who, you know, sell their, their whatever, and I, I'm trying to make it general enough so it's not specific at certain people, but, you know, my wife watches tons of these people, and I, I detest some of them, and, and the amount of money and wealth that they accumulate for such little talent and, and such poor spending of that wealth is really upsetting to watch, and this crisis has really shown a different side of a lot of people and what they do when they, they don't have their luxuries and, and what they do with their wealth and how they help. And, yeah, the getting to tune in and still catch this content, I mean, it may not seem important to you or, or, or even relevant, but 
knowing that you put out content that people look forward to and, and keeps them going is something that I hope resonates a little bit because you you know I was unfortunately unable to come to Sin Week this year because of the baby and my intention still to come next year but had I gone I mean it would have been a nightmare this is like it was smack dab in the middle of all the the terribleness happening so you guys still put it on it's still from the sound of the episodes it was a fantastic time you know just keep being a, a light in these dark times is, is almost my request you guys are great